Welcome to In Such Tilinquicatl. My name is Andrea Martinez. My name is Andrea Celeste. And today we have a very special guest. We are interviewing Hans-Georg Moller. Hans-Georg Moller is a professor in philosophy in the University of Macau. He's also taught in Canada and in Ireland. Uh, he's written several books. Um, his last, last one was co-written with pa uh, Paul Ambrosio, Genuine Pretending. And the upcoming one, which will be published by the time the interview comes out, is your, You and Your Profile, also co-written with Paul D'Ambrosio, and we're going to talk to him today about his upcoming book. Which touches plenty of the subjects we've been talking about in the past episodes, so we hope you enjoy it. Thank you. Welcome, Georg, to In Such Tilinquicatl. Thank you very it's much to inject your spectacle. It's an honor yeah. to have you, yeah. and thank you for agreeing for today interview. So by the time this interview comes out, the book will already be published. Yes. You and your profile um, yes. by Hans-Georg Moller and Paul D'Ambrosio. Right. And so can you tell us a little bit about your book? Yes, I'd be happy to. So the book, the subtitle of the book is Identity of After Authenticity. So it's basically about three basic idea of the book is to introduce three types of identity. Uh, and the, the first type is we call sincerity, which is a role-based identity. So people identify, for instance, through their family roles. There's like an older type of identity, a traditional type, right? Old family values, religious kind of roles and this kind of thing. And then um, there's a new modern kind of Western type of identity, authenticity, which usually people like the three of us are still kind of familiar with, right? Instead, we define ourselves not so much through commitment to roles, but uh, we try to kind of create or discover our real self, right? The ori original originality, uniqueness, and this kind of model of authenticity uh, dominates. I'm trying to be like Zizek here a little bit. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, I don't know why I have this itchy nose anyway. So uh, uh, um, this is like this authenticity kind of thing that you have to be original and unique and, and uh, there's a whole language about it and a whole ideology, but it also it's, we internalize it, I think, right? Uh, 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 we grew up in this kind of authenticity culture. Philosopher Charles Taylor called it the age of authenticity. Now, the main point of the book is that as the subtitle says, identity after authenticity, that authenticity, uh, is coming at its end and that we've basically already transitioning and to a large part even have transitioned to an, an, a third identity mode, identity mode or identity technology and that's profile-based uh, identity. So we project profiles, for instance, on social media, which is the most obvious example, but actually we think this goes back before social media before the internet so it has a long longer history and uh yeah so that nowadays uh, and i mean somehow we're doing the same thing right now right uh, because we're recording this show here this interview and that then will be projected to an audience which we don't really know and then so we're also doing kind of profile work right now we're building we're building our identity that's the reason it's part of you know even this interview is part of identity building for for all of us three of us who are involved here 
and inevitably uh, what we are doing and then we're posting it and so forth that's uh, we thereby build a, a sort of profile identity and uh, so we're trying in the book we're trying to both describe this the book is basically two different methodologies like the fun part is uh, kind of describing how this profile building uh, is visible, you know, in all kinds of daily life in tourism. We have a few chapters on how people travel today or uh, then, of course, social media, but then also in politics or uh, in advertising and things like this. Uh, and then the uh, another segment of the book is trying to give a kind of a theoretical account of what distinguishes profile identity from sincere identity and from authentic identity. So, uh, and then actually there are one or two other, uh, sorry for speaking so long, I mean, just two more things. Uh, the, then the book also includes a general kind of theoretical uh, reflection on what identity is. Uh, and then lastly, in the last chapter, which is influenced by Taoism, we use our old notion of genuine pretending, which is the previous book that Paul and I wrote, which is on the philosophy of the Tuanza. And we suggest uh, to embrace genuine pretending in order to cope with the pressures of identity building and specifically with the pressures of the world of profilicity within we now live and and you've done your um, own kind of exploration through your through of this like um not just academically but in social media through your channel of carefree mm. wandering where you explained a lot of the concepts um that are in your book about sincerity and profilicity and authenticity and um i have i have a few questions well we have a few questions about um these three, you call them in one of your videos, tools of identity. Mm. And uh, I guess my first question would be, um, obviously we haven't discarded or, uh, or stopped using authenticity. And um, so my question is, do we, we obviously still use these modes of identity in different ways in, in our modern life. And in which aspects would you say we still, we still try to be sincere and authentic? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, I mean, many social contexts, sincerity is still important. One is family, obviously, right? Uh, um, as I mentioned earlier, like parenthood, for instance, right? And the, the idea that, you know, we have to commit to whatever, being a mother or so, no matter how progressive you are, that is a very strong social demand, right? And it's even like a legal obligation and so forth and then of course other areas i like to point always to the military or you can think about uh, mexico organized crime uh right where there's a strong kind of wherever there's a, a culture of it's honesty, a clan a clan yeah but anywhere there's a very small where it's very strong group solidarity where the basis of the culture and the basis of the of the structure to survive is commitment to group solidarity right mm -hmm. the worst thing you can do if you're in a gang is snitching or so right exactly uh, so th these are all sincerity uh, sincerity values this is all part of an ethics of sincerity right you must lie uh, you can't snitch right 
so you cannot be your authentic self. So you need to be like totally committed to the role you have in the group, uh, to the uh, within the group. So military and criminal gang is kind of also related, obviously, to military, right? Um, uh, these are all uh, today's context. Of course, religious groups still, right? Similarly, yeah. um, uh, the family. So these are all uh, education to a certain extent, but in education also authenticity is, of course, very important. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of areas in society where sincerity is still well and alive. I would have a question regarding a, an intermediary question regarding authenticity and sincerity, because now that we that you bring gangs to the table, for instance, uh, and religious groups, uh, there's is there a relationship between um, demo democracy and um, monarchic or absolute uh, mindsets in involving these two because that I it would sort of seem so yes that's a very good point and uh, yes of course authenticity is much more democratic because yeah. it's focused on the individual so it goes along with the idea that society is constituted by individuals which has a lot to do with you know modern idea of democracy right one person one vote right this so uh, that's very much an individualistic uh, idea approach towards politics and that relies heavily on the notion that identity and indi is, is, is individual and in turn that society consists of individuals, right? And I think profilicity to an extent is even more democratic. It's kind of democracy mm -hmm. kind of reloaded, democracy yeah. 2.0 or so, right? Is it uh, democracy though? I don't know, um, because the world itself, I mean, we are hearing around the world in the crisis of democracy. And while I've been also watching your videos and thinking of imagining what else is profilicity before reading yeah. the book, uh, I, I couldn't help but wonder this to make this link, like is this democracy reloaded as you call it, or is this, uh, like it's doppelganger, evil twin. I don't know. <laughs> some, I mean, I don't want to say evil twin because I don't want to go into manichaeism as well. But, you know, a doppelganger, I would just Yes, that's a that. very good point, Andrea. I, I appreciate that. It's a good idea. I didn't think of it in this way. Uh, I think somehow um, that in profilicity, you know, the, the, the ideology part is kind of being superseded by something else right traditionally politics and this is like these are elements of sincerity that were still very strong in, in in politics that politics had a lot to do with class uh also like religion also right certain parties were were closer to the catholic church and others were non-religious and then others saw themselves as more like a working class oriented and based in the working class and then you have the uh, other parties that are still like more the old aristocracy or whatever, uh, you know, the, the, the capitalists. Uh, so, um, and, and this, um, in, in profilicity, this all uh, is like authenticity, as you said, like a kind of a doppelganger of it. it it's even kind of more, uh, 
um, how to say, everything is just a, it's, it's just a, a projection that is no longer grounded in either an authentic or a sincere uh, a form of identity, right? So it's, it's, it's just a, a play of, of images, of, of positioning yourself, of constructing certain profiles. And um, so in this sense, it's kind of even more democratic, I would say. I think in one of your videos, you spoke of Barack Obama as being one of the first uh, political candidates to exploit for Felicity, um, where Obama presented himself as his like, you know, very liberal, very open minded, friendly kind of guy. And then his policies were actually um, quite hawkish and uh, like, you know, it yeah. didn't really carry out the, the changes that he promised. And so you so the, let me explain that, Andrea, because mm -hmm. it's it's not my idea. I was referring to Naomi Klein, you know, right. Klein? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's her point. And she called Obama the first super brand in politics. And so that was in her after the book. I was talking about her book, No Logo. I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this book. Yeah, I read like it. Years I've old. Read it, yeah, yeah it's, I like the book very much. Mm -hmm. And it has a lot to do with profilicity, right? Profilicity is, is kind of sort of personal branding. Uh, and um, so she talks a lot about the brand, right? And the brand is notion of the brand is closely related to the notion of the profile. So she was saying what happened with the brand. Uh, is that companies are no longer really focus on the product that much, right? Starbucks, he was talking about Starbucks, coffee is like horrible in Starbucks, but it doesn't matter, right? Because it's all about the Starbucks brand and the Starbucks, you can also call it the Starbucks profile, though I think the two notions are different, but leaving that aside. And then she said, uh, and, and also the companies actually outsource everything. They don't even produce anything anymore, right? The, the core of the company only works on establishing the brand, right? And the whole production process, and that's all outsourced. And that's, uh, you know, other companies do that for them. They don't care about that that much anymore. It's just about curating the brand. Uh, and, she, and so she said, we have reached something similar now, 10 years after, this is after she published No Logo, and said, we have something similar now in politics. And she referred to Obama as an example of that. That is, she called this kind of hollow politics, uh, right? And we see this very clearly with the Democratic Party, where it's all about curating this very attractive image, right? Just like Starbucks has this kind of very appealing image, right? There are even Starbucks here, even though the coffee is like horrible. And uh, that it doesn't matter. And she said something similar is also happening, like really in politics, that all the efforts are put into creating this very kind of profile. And actually politics, actual politics are actually outsourced as well. So it's a kind of a hollow politics. Uh, and um, so the argument is even quite different from what, somewhat different from what you said. So she wasn't really criticizing Obama's politics because Obama wasn't really, or the Democrats are not really anymore actually about politics. Politics has been outsourced. <laughs> uh, that's a, the dirty job is no longer being the core business. Mm -hmm. So politics is, and that is really the point that the politics is no longer in the traditional sense making politics. Mm -hmm. Just like in the economy, uh, companies no longer produce actual things they produce brands and in politics it's it's exactly the same thing 
And I guess that would that ties into my next question. Um, you mentioned now the economy and, and and companies. So how is the economic structured then tied to identity building? So we said, you know, democracy with authenticity, but in terms of the economy, how has capitalism accelerated or shaped profilicity? Yes, I, I'm exploring this kind of link between uh, uh, in, in recent thing. It's also in the book, but um, the book was now because published. Now you know it takes long. It was like finished a year ago or so. And it's after we finished the manuscript, I've been thinking more and more about exactly this link between uh, profilicity and economy. And I, uh, I think it has a lot to do with capitalism and uh, the general thing that we're seeing now that, um, of course, sincerity is very much class related, right? O obviously, right? Like, uh, you know, you have a certain allegiance to the social class or so you belong. To. The great chain of being. Well, I mean, just like, uh, it's like the social, uh, sincerity is committing to a certain social role you have. And the social role is kind of typically tied to a kind of social stratum that you belong to, the an aristocratic stratum or the that worker. That cannot be class. moved. Yes, yeah. And of course, that's no longer the case. And then there is an authenticity, uh, on the other hand, um, is, uh, is also somehow related to, it's kind of a bourgeois concept, right? Uh, so it's not commitment to the bourgeoisie or the as a class, but you are, you know, it's very much through this individualist thing, and um, I, I think we can see uh, clearly that what like happens in capitalism is that um, uh, in recent decades is the disappearance of the economic foundation of the middle class. Right, like for instance, in the job that I am okay in Macau, I still make a lot of money. But look everywhere else, the salaries of professors, right? They they're moving closer and closer to the precariat if they get a job at all. Right? You know how difficult it is to get a job at all. Um, so it's very difficult um, to sell these kind of traditional uh political ideologies either tied to sincerity or tied to authenticity uh so right it's similar to what in fashion right like whatever nike or so right uh, a nike shirt is not really sold anymore to those people who now have a lot of money uh, and thereby express that they've made it to uh, you know that they now have a solid job and now they can afford whatever and buy a car and that's no longer how you can market in a, in a world like this so so they market no longer on the basis of status symbols because people don't really have a status Right. Uh, so, it, um, uh, and the status is, is always like, it's very, uh, it's, uh, it's always somehow in danger, right? Um, and, and so there's much more, but it's much more attractive to everyone. And it already starts like with teenagers, of course, who, who are very much like identity focused. Um, so um, uh, the, the profilicity really uh, gets to the people who don't, who, you know, don't have to have much money, who don't have to have a steady job, uh, um, who have who can be only like whatever, 16 years old. They already have a desire for a profile, right. and they already then politics is addressed to them in that same way how they are being how Nike addresses their products to them. 
So it becomes yeah. an attractive profile marker, and it doesn't really matter which social background you have, right? You can uh, you can enrich your profile, you can gain, you can increase your profile value even more so by being, you know, a fan of Obama than by wearing a Nike shirt. Yes, I remember when um, I've been using the internet since 1996-1997, living in a very small town with not many people had internet. And I remember that connecting to chat was very interesting back then, just to see if you could connect with somebody from China. And uh, and then when uh, the technology of the Internet of Things or whatever developed, the um, filling your profile was a very, um, it gave you self-affirmation. Yes. And uh, how do you, how does Gose? Um, Joy. Mm. Yeah, it gave us joy. Mm. You had a place to put down your interests, your well, right. your profile. Yes. And uh, actually, as I've grown older, I've grown less interested in the profile because I, it, well, there is something sinister about it in a way. I've always felt that because it it makes you it makes you do things <laughs> like right. if you in this interaction of profiles if you don't do certain things well you're going against cosmic order which is mm -hmm. sort of what i don't this, know this this sinister thing right um i actually think that's a good thing to a certain extent um, because it was exactly the problem with sincerity and authenticity that the sinister side wasn't obvious. And um, right, and that caught, brought a lot of problems. I think sincerity, obviously, you know, has been has, has also been very bad effects. Yes. It allows you to shape identity. So in this sense, it's very good and it's necessary. But of course, it brings about, you know, a lot of horrible things as well. Just think about the roles of women or uh, other things, right? Um, uh, oppression of, of whole classes and, and all these kinds of stuff, right? So um, the, 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 the ethos of sincerity and this identity mode and this identity technology is also very sinister. And the same thing, of course, of authenticity, this whole cult of individualism, right? And yeah. um, uh, that's also very sinister, right? And, and it has a lot to do, we talked about with capital, earlier forms of capitalism and the kind of this insistence on, uh, you know, on, 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 on private uh, uh, property, for instance. And, and so um, I think we now become, become much more easier. The, the, the sinister aspects of authenticity and sincerity become much more clear. And so we also see this obvious sinister aspects of profilicity. Uh, and I think that's, uh, as I said, that's actually a good thing that, mm, that, we, uh, a, that we see the, the problems that are attached more clearly, the problems yeah, that are- Yeah, just a couple- just... I, would, I would clean, sorry, I would clean the word, I would take out sinister and just say, Maybe it's it's very ambivalent and and paradoxical yes. in yeah, a way. Exactly. Yes. And and that and well, I don't 
I choose my ambivalence. So I, I don't fill up my profile that much. That's what I would say. Right. <laughs> but, but, well, that's, that's the, a great potential, I think, in profilicity that we didn't really have in sincerity and authenticity that we can approach our identity with, that we can understand this ambiguity and thereby, it's what we call genuine pretending, uh, understand, have a more kind of relaxed relation towards our identity and identity in general. Yeah. So just a couple of examples from like pop culture uh, to kind of think about in terms of uh, publicity and uh, uh, like the the relation with authenticity. Um, I'm going to use Leonardo DiCaprio because I ca I couldn't come up with a better example. Um, so Leonardo DiCaprio has said, for example, that he's like super into green energy and like you know save the planet and. But I, I mean, it, it could be Leonardo DiCaprio or it could be anybody else, right? That uh, uh, presents their profile as something, and then they are caught doing, like inauthentically the opposite. So uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, I think, uh, then hires private jets to fly to like his uh, filming locations or whatnot. And then there was like this uproar when he was found out. But that would go more in like in line with the authenticity paradigm rather than the profilic. So does that of being of being a movie star and of being able to do this? Well, no, of saying, of saying, you know, I'm for green and sustainable and planet saving, whatever. But then he's caught doing the opposite. So he. Yeah. And of, I mean, that's that's what we expect. But this is the same in all three models. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, um, and the fakeness is 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 equally like sincerity. People are are also most people are like super fake. Uh, I mean, China they had this very strong emphasis throughout the history, uh, I was just talking with a colleague about this, that you had to be a filial son in order to get a political job. So you had to prove how filial you are in order to become an official, right? And of course, everyone was like totally faking that. You had to have this, the reputation in the community. And so, um, and then of course, in authenticity, right? And then you also have to be like super authentic. And most people, I mean, you can't be fully, it's like impossible to be fully authentic, right? Because of the ambivalence. And now the idea is you have to be like in the other things, you have to be, as we call it, you have to be invested in, in your profile, which means you have to back up your profile with the proper actions. And of course, people like regularly fail in it, but I don't think that's, that's, uh, that's different from the other uh, identity technologies. There's always um, the suspicion that someone is is like uh, insincere, insincerity or non-authentic, or that someone is basically faking their profile. I just have one more example. One more example, Andre. I'll give you one yeah. second. Uh, so this just to, just to uh, give the contrast the the contrast to that, um, Marilyn Manson. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, who's always portrayed himself as like the bad guy and like, you know, right. really into like sadomasochism and like, you know, wearing leather and like yeah. blood and whatever, right? Like this rock star. Antichrist superstar. Antichrist superstar, right? Uh, so this, like, I mean, Marilyn Manson started in the 90s and he's maintained right. this persona for two decades. And yeah. then, I don't know if you, if you uh, heard this story, Georg, no. uh, last this year came out like a bunch of women started accusing him of like, you know, basically 
acting his profile out in his in his private life right of having this like kind of rape dungeon in his house yeah. uh, where you know he would put like whoever he was dating or sleeping with at a time and then yeah. use like all this kind of like you know weird torture devices on them and like and actually being a complete manipulator and horrible guy yeah and, you know then people were really surprised because they like there was not no expectation that he was actually you know, right right bad right. guy Yes. Antichrist superstar. And I think a superstar. <laughs> yes. uh, so I thought it was quite, I mean, it's quite funny that like, you know, people were like, oh, but you know, it, that was your profile, but you're not meant to be that way. Yes. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, actually what happens with him, I think it's um, double interesting because when bowling for Columbine, well, when Columbine happened, the shooting, the Columbine shooting happened, mm everybody focused on him and on his profile let's say like because what his profile said then he's going to be this guy that he kind of turned out to be and because he like came the, out sorry for i just want to ask like did, did the shooters there in columbine say they were influenced by him or something they, they like, listened well, to his music they, they listened to his oh, music okay, and okay, he was he from the 90s he was the most that to stand out because of right, the makeup right, and, right, yeah, and people protested again his concerts and like you know in america where like you can't play here and like all these like super religious communities where like right, totally right. Yes, freaked out by this. but he yeah. he came out and he detached himself in a very brechtian way he said i am i am not this this is just my facade this right. is i am performing right. but then but then he he actually via identification i guess uh, you know plato would say he ended up being this thing that he he or whatever or he was always this it doesn't really matter because apparently what we are upset by is when it actually happens or when it doesn't we want we want the absolute we want marilyn manson to absolutely be marilyn manson when we when it when it fits us and then we want to be but then when he turns out to be exactly what we expected or yeah, what but he's supposed it... to be we get upset but I think it's still like, the, that's also a good thing about the profile that we are kind of aware of the borders of the profile, right? We would be uh, kind of rightfully um, uh, disappointed if we buy a ticket for a Marilyn Manson concert and then he sings songs by John Baez, right? <laughs> then we would be rightfully disappointed and we could say that's a scandal and we want our money back um but, but the other things don't because we know it's a profile we still don't expect him as these women did and i think it makes some sense that uh, when they date him that they that he starts whatever uh, torturing in his uh, them in his basement or whatever he did <laughs> i don't know if he did that but, uh, yeah. but, uh, uh, right so uh, because you know they're not that's like a different aspect and um, uh, so the, the profile identity that's also what uh, uh, we try to highlight in the book right uh, they are not exclusive so you can have that you can you have a sincere side you have an authentic side and you have a pro profile side uh, you can have all of them 
and you everyone has all of them right so um and um it's actually um we're kind of expected not to you know to be sincere when it's in in a context where it, uh, it's kind of that is based on functions on the basis of sincerity and so forth and so forth and so uh, of course in an intimate relationship with someone um you know uh, you uh, you don't want them to just um to just continue getting their profile with you that makes no sense right uh, in that sense these when you say and i find this very interesting because um sometimes when something new is born in terms of philosophy a new concept mm. it wants to fight with other concepts and you are just saying no this is this is just this is what it is sometimes you go um authentic or whatever uh and in that sense uh well, the dangers are also the same or, or the, I mean, the dangers in terms of, because when you, when you talk about the hollowness of it and the fakeness of it, of all three of them, right. I can't help to think that when that goes to a radical extent to say, it has to do with uh, our relationship with reality and how we can lose a kind of perspective. And in that sense, what I meant before of saying my profile or by feeling my profile, my profile is making me do things just as my authentic self would make me do things if I am set in saying I am, I am this, 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 I am supposed to do this in, in all the three of them, in all the, in, in all the three technologies. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I, uh, I think we're kind of, I think, you know, society is getting increasingly complex and identity is getting increasingly complex. And it's more like, um, as I said, just to continue with this, like, you know, in a relationship, you must learn to be somehow authentic, maybe, and, and most people are. And in, uh, when you, whatever, in your relationship to your uh, parents, you know, uh, then you expect some form of sincerity uh, and, and you have to uh, operate in this mode or when you go to the uh, clinic and see a doctor or so, right? Uh, and then, of course, in other areas nowadays, uh, profilicity is like super important. And, um, so it's not only that there is, as you said, like that there is the dark side, there's also the good side about it, right? Uh, and it allows us to do a lot of things that we couldn't do without these technologies, right? Um, when there was only sincerity, you couldn't really be authentic. And then the authenticity was created and then you could be both authentic in certain contexts and sincere in others. And now we can also be prophilic and then, and. Um, you know, um, that's also what that allows for a lot of things to happen that otherwise couldn't happen, right? I mean, we give the example. Uh, I was also giving that when you know when you uh, when you're choosing your Air, your Airbnb place to stay, right? You're looking at all of these profiles, and then you don't really want to to know the host authentically, right? Uh, that's mm. I only have like whatever two days to stay there, and then. 
don't want to have like an authentic or even not a sincere relationship, right? You want just, you know, that the profile of the place is kind of confirmed that it's okay uh, and so forth. And and so, um, and this is, um, so it, it, it has a, a high functional value and, and we apply it in, 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 in our lives. And as long as it's kind of kept in its place, um, uh, then it also functions very well. Just one more uh, paradoxical kind of example that Andrea brought to my attention of, of Mexican pop culture that, that mm. I was not aware of. Um, so this, this woman, Eva Rojas, became viral. And, but the reason that she became viral was not because, well, she, she thought of herself to be beautiful or attractive and, and a good actress, but, but she became viral because according to the viewers, or the, how you call them, uh, the general peer, she was completely delusional. So she became popular because the people watching her were like, oh my God, she's absolutely not attractive. Absolutely not a good actress. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess the question there is, uh, who defines what our profile is? Is it meant to be a dialogue between us and the general peer? Or is this an example of some pathological profile or a profile gone wrong. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm not familiar with this example. So she's just a YouTuber or something? Yeah, YouTuber, TikToker. Um... I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now TikToker. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you sure? So she basically made a fool of herself. Yes, it, it, I was thinking during the, during the time we've been together of the exam of this example. And I'm, I am also wondering her links to authenticity there. Right, on, right, right. Not only uh, of profile because she's not, I don't think she's, she's very good at fixing her, herself as a brand, which is part of, of the, or, or could be more, uh, towards the world of profiling, of profilicity, I mean. But, but she has I a mean, profile. Now. I think from from what uh, from what how you explained it, uh, she's like a comical figure, like a carnivalist carnivalist yeah. figure. And of course, these are always all like the buff, buffon uh, in yeah. Italian. Uh, you have something in Spanish like this. The buffon. Yeah, buffon. Yes, the buffon. Yes, mm -hmm. right. And you have that in sincerity too, right? A lot. The people who think like, and then, then they become, uh, uh, you know, the, the king who is like, who thinks he's like, well, you know, and then is in, 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 in fact, he's just a total joke, right? Or something like yes. that. Yes. Yeah. Of course, you have it in authenticity as well, right? The people who think like they're so special and they're so unique. And, and, and they, so that's, that's great comedy material. Yeah. Because comedy well, but, is incongruity. So yeah. comedy is always based on incongruity. And of course, then we talked about this ambiguity and then ambiguities, maybe you, you mentioned that, um, becomes more obvious. So yeah, that's great. So there's a lot of, um, um, a lot of space there for, for, this kind of, for this kind of practical comedy, seems. I mean, she's not aware that she's being uh, comic or Yeah, that's, that's, that's possible. Is that possible that she's well, really not aware of that? If well, you are I, aware I think of it, I've thought about that as well, as uh, in terms of the meta theatrics of what could mm. be installed there, that she could 
that yeah, she could be aware and exploit it, and that would be working to her advantage. Yes, that I do believe that is a possibility, but also I think that she could be just in so involved and alienated just in the fact that she has views and comments, mm -hmm. which are mostly positive because that's part of this like Ouroboros that doesn't break, which is people would but it's a practical comment comedy. positively comment positively yeah. so this but that's also ironic stop. right yeah they, they, they yes. only comment positively to to continue the joke <laughs> yeah. but then my, my question remains so how who defines then more important like what what our profile is so if we are successful mm -hmm. at our profile then we understand what is wanted from us Right, in order to be yes, confident. again, but this is the same in all technologies. Yeah. That uh, of course that you are a sincere mother, and your motherhood is confirmed within the family by everyone else in your social group. Who then, and then we have an authenticity. You talk a lot about philosophy. We have the big concept of recognition, right? Uh, that's the recognition is exactly the, the, the authenticity yearns for recognition, which comes from the other, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so there is no authenticity without recognition, just as there is no sincerity without confirmation of your role. Yeah, if, if you are not, and this is why people, we have also a section on this, a major reason for suicide, particularly like we, uh, there's an interesting study about suicide in China. We talk about... Uh, you know, where typically until like 20 years ago, at least, uh, often in the rural areas, people, whatever, the old man killed himself because the younger people didn't give him properly soup. Uh, they didn't put enough soup in his. So they didn't, they didn't treat him as they show him the respect. And therefore, uh, that an elderly people in a community uh, is supposed to be shown. And therefore, his identity was destroyed, right? So he's not respected. Like in authenticity, if you're not experiencing recognition, then uh, your authenticity, and this is why people often kill themselves uh, in authenticity context, right? Because they can't find recognition. And of course, in sincerity, also, that was what you brought up, the, the profile must be validated by the general peer. The, the unseen profile is worth nothing, right? So the, 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 the validation of the profile corresponding to recognition and authenticity and what we could call respect in, uh, mm -hmm. in sincerity is, uh, and that's what we yearn for. Just as we yearn for recognition, we, we yearn for the validation of the profile. I mean, I'm very much concerned also about the number of viewers of my YouTube channel. I'm just, you know, I'm not posting a, a certain video and then it's going to be edited and so forth, right? Um, because of course, I, I, I also, the, 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 the number of views and the reactions and the comments validate, uh, validate the profile. Your and your identity in, in the yeah, exactly, in yeah. term. And is it, sorry, um, for instance, can there be, or I will invite you to think this, a sort of drama between the body that embodies sincerity, well, the three technologies, which is all of us, 
in terms of, for instance, like my, um, in the, uh, like where I am authentic, I get recognized and I am validated there. And, and in the same way in my family as my role as a daughter or whatever, or as a sibling, but my profile is dead, unseen. And I am trying to make it work, but it's not happening. Cause I, I also, I mean, I'm actually speaking of biographically in a way, which yes. is because I also stopped working on my profile because like I figured this out, like it's, it's expecting me to do things, but also because I realized that I didn't have time enough to invest in it, to get what I wanted out of my profile. And I don't want that drama. I don't want to get frustrated through mm. that by investing more time and not getting it, which I- Yeah, find but then you need something else and you need either yeah. recognition by your authentic <laughs> friends or you get or... Uh, respect from your kids. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, if you neither have kids nor friends, at least you can have a profile. No, sorry. Go, go, Henry. Just a question about related to this. So, like, what about the likes of, for example, people who have curated their entire lives around a particular profile or cause of, the, like, for example, Greta Thunberg? Mm. Yeah. Uh, that everything surrounds like their identity is yes. focused in this one thing so that in a way you know if we could if, if if you know tomorrow we had like a sustainable planet i think i think she would collapse what are you gonna do <laughs> like you know what happens that is is there not enough yeah of course i mean that's funny right it's just like uh you know um whatever some kind of uh, religious figure like this is a millennial thing about the about the whole environmental movement right like it's just you have the, these millennialists you know who say okay in in three years from now the world will uh, end right and that works great until like three years right and then here's a similar something similar thing right if there would if uh, you know it would somehow turn out whatever global warming somehow fizzles out and everything gets colder or so and and then uh yeah then no more Greta Thunberg <laughs> yeah that would be very bad for her profile yeah yeah yes and, and uh, I, I mean, that's an absurdity that's an interesting absurdity or an interesting paradox and we talk about this in the book in one or two instances actually exactly this thing this one example which is a real example uh, one of my best friends, who is uh, super uh, ecological, right? Um, um, and um, so there was there was like this uh, hoax a while ago. Not hoax. There was how was was this? There was somehow that global warming wasn't really taking place. Uh, and that it was a hoax. Yeah, and then they somehow found out, no, no, it's actually taking place. And for him, this was a great relief that it's actually taking place somehow, right? Because it, uh, it, it confirmed <laughs> like, which is normal, it's like for all of us, right? Uh, it's like, you know, on, 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 the, on the other way, other way around, like whatever you uh, you know, you're uh, Islamophobe and, and, and hate uh, Muslims or so. 
and then uh, you find out uh, that there weren't any terrorist attacks this month or so. That's very disappointing, right? Uh, and um, because it somehow your it, it it really threatens your profile, right? You build you invested so much personal identification into whatever the environment movement and global warming, and then if or you invested so much like profile stuff in uh, being anti-Islam or so, and then the cause is somehow devalid, de 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 is somehow no longer valid, and that means you feel it personally. It like well, if. You know because it's, and that's exactly the point. It's about the internalization and the inevitable. That's always the case. And no matter which, uh, which model you have, that these causes uh, are always internalized, personalized. And that's what we see always, right? So there is no cause without, let's say, the, um, the then it's called whatever, the, the, but the, this identific narcissism or something which is wrong. Because it's always like um, once you, the stronger you identify with the cause, people say it's oh these people they 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 sacrifice themselves for the cause, but it's not the case. They internalize the cause, and they, you could also say they at the same time they exploit the cause just to build an identity, right. just to have an identity. And you can't distinguish between the two. It's just uh, Luma would say it depends on the observer. Either you can say, "Oh, they, they," it's the same thing. They're, them sacrificing themselves for the cause, dedicating themselves fully to the cause, or just exploiting the cause for their own vanity. Right. <laughs> and the two things, it's exactly the same phenomenon. It's just two different description of the same phenomenon because it, the two things are, are totally combined. And that is now with a, uh, that's now no, no different with profilicity than it was with sincerity or authenticity. The mechanism is still exactly the same. And again, that's why I'm always cautious, like um, that's also Dao's thing, uh, about people who dedicate themselves fully to their causes. The more they dedicate themselves to their causes, for me, that's always, as it would be for Nietzsche, a, 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 a sign of great suspicion. So my, my last question has to do with uh, one of the last things you mentioned when you, in, when you did the introduction of the contents of your, of your book. Uh, which is how to, I don't remember how you phrased it, but uh, as a person from theater, it's kind of realizing that you are acting in, in a way. And it's also what I find interesting uh, as while you were explaining the whole process of uh, profilicity and, and this uh, outcome that could be just realized that you are performing something at some time and you are just uh, doing this, that in a way it kind of also accompanies um, in a parallel with the, the development of uh, theater technology and acting technology and, and, what, and what through the ages, but particularly the 20th century, uh, the theater has been uh, reflecting upon itself, which is uh, everything that Brecht said about uh, inter uh, identification, for instance, which is 
know the actor must never become fully immersed with with the character it must always well this thing i just find very interesting that i can draw a parallel a parallel to this which is what you propose if i understand correctly with you and your co-author propose is the way to go which is just just let's agree we are we are acting for ourselves and for the other and for and for the universe in in a way right uh, this uh, the, the Brecht's notion of, of the distancing effect, right? The Verfremdungseffekt. This was what you were uh, talking about. That's interesting, and it actually has to do with Chinese theater. Uh, and um, so we wrote about that as well because I think it's important for some Taoist, old Taoist texts that uh, we've been working with. And um, so the the Verfremdungseffekt, the distancing effect that allows us basically to see the incongruity or the ambiguity of any form of identity right so uh, and that's uh, i think very interesting that brecht wanted to kind of show that so that we have a critical perspective on uh, on these identities that are performed there in front of our eyes and that also allows the actors to build some sort of distance to their roles, right? Um, on the other hand, um, so as you said, like we see that all these roles are performed, but still we develop, of course, a certain sense of genuineness and must do so, right? So all these forms um, allow us to develop some form of selfhood for, of identity, right? Again, like, doesn't matter if you identify as, as a mother and then through this sincere role, you build up a very strong sense of identity uh, and you can do it like authentically or you can like totally be in, invested in your profile and, and that gives you a source to build up, which it doesn't exist before. So the simple idea of, of the notion of genuine pretending, which is what this is about for us, is that everyone is genuine, pre genuinely pretending all the time. That is the existential condition of being. To yeah. Everyone is genuinely pretending, which means they are performing and through the performance, they achieve some form of identity that appears, that, that, that appears genuine both to themselves and, and others. Um, and of course, the, the, the whole point is, and that's again why the Verfremdungseffekt is important, um, that um, you somehow develop an, an, an awareness of that so that you don't get carried away, so that you don't over-identify, which leads, leads to all kinds of problems, not only in theater, but more problematically in, in real life. This is kind of the grounds like fundamentalism, right? When you over-identify with your roles and, and the over-identifying mother or the over-identifying child. I mean, you do a lot of psychoanalysis in your video, so I always like that, right? And I, I think just a, a lot of these pathologies, and this is how we understand Taoism, Paul and I, is um, that it kind of sees the pathologies almost in a psychoanalytic sense of that that necessarily is result when we when we become when we over identify, and so the insight into the existential condition of genuine pretending has a, uh, has a very thorough therapeutic effect. 
So that's uh, that's that's the actual maybe the most important message of our book actually. So ultimately, our book has this kind of Taoist therapeutic uh, uh, um, uh, approach, and that has a lot to do with the verfremdungs effect you brought up. I am very interesting uh, interested of getting the book and passing it on to students in mm -hmm. your I mean the the concepts because I think in terms of acting and for for actors and actresses to continue um well analyzing and reflecting on these theories of identity is very important mm -hmm. because that is well the matter that theater works with right that, that you you mustn't identity as a pharmacon as well you know it can mm. go both ways it can heal you or it can be therapeutic or it yes. can kill you right yes it's a it's a thin so that would be me it's a very 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 <laughs> thin line between the two and we're always negotiating yes And then, of course, traditionally, that's again why, what I like about prophylicity, that this genuine, the pressure of genuineness is very dangerous in sincerity and authenticity. We are somehow expected to overcommit and to achieve a genuineness that is no longer pretended. We don't want to know. We want to somehow erase. We want to blind ourselves to the fact that we are performing. Right, the performance is always that is scandalous. We want not to. We want not to confess the 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 fact that we're all performing, and then we commit and commit and commit ever more to sincerity and become a more and more rigorous mother, or we commit more and more to authenticity and become a more and more fanatic individualist. Right. Uh, and, and similar, of course, in profilicity, but in profilicity, the, uh, it's kind of much easier to, 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 to actually prevent this overcommitment because profilicity is somehow much more open about the, about the pretending aspect of identity. It it's becomes, that's what I, mean, I like about profilicity. And it's not- I have another question now, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, you, you just said this, um, you want, um, the, uh, you become more invested in 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 the identification and and he or she who does this wants the other to do exactly that to yes and in in that way well since we're talking about well or i am in a way of theater and in that way fiction i do see a parallel between these two in terms of the special effects, for instance, there's been uh, th there is a cry from this side, from the ones that we just sit and watch, that is this must be real. You know, the problem between reality and truth, or or what I don't know how Aristotle put puts it in the poetics, but it's it's the truth, the truthness of fiction, which is not mm. true. It's not truth for real. It's just as truth as it can get because it's mimesis, you know, it's mm. imitation. But there is like uh, there is a resistance that I would link to over identification, which is a resistance to to what to just to see fiction, just to 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 see that that this is not from real life or something like this. I don't know if I'm if I made myself clear. 
Hmm. Yeah, I think in 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 theater, um, right? That's a, like a big metaphor. Like also, also the, the sociologist Goffman used that, right? We we are uh, um, we can understand on the basis of profilicity that, of course, uh, we're all playing theater also in our real life. So there's only a gradual difference between theater as an art form and um, a performance of identity in a, in a, in a non-artistic way, but in everyday life. This is also a performance. It's a, di it's a different kind of performance as in theater, but the basic structure is actually kind of similar or is similar or is even the same. Right, so so a theater is in a way the insight into, and it's it's a it's a practice, an artistic practice of genuine pretending. It makes it it it, it makes the the condition of human existence, which is genuine pretending, into an art form, which is what art does. Right, it 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 this is basically theater is the artistic is the artistic manifestation of the of the existential condition of enacting identity in actual life. Well, perhaps that is why it's it's in such a critical crisis in the past 40 years, because we I do I do think there is a huge wave of over identification in uh, in a, in the big picture of social of our social life and in that way um the movies for instance the movies they give you they can they can cinema can provide a much safer environment for the fantasy of this uh absoluteness that we that we look for and it's, it's bad for theater, but it has to do with the emergence of the new media, right? It's boring to go see a theater. It's much more, now we have forms like whatever, uh, music videos, right? It's so popular. Like, I mean, Andrea and I, we often exchange music videos. That's also theater. That's a new form of theater. And then that's what, that has like a massive audience, like uh, billions of people watch, watch music videos, but that's a new form of theater. You can't. You you do think that through this um, very um, spectacular way of setting some of presenting something, genuine pretending can still occur. The genuine pretending is is an existential condition of human existence. It's impossible for it not to occur. It's not to occur, yeah. right? It's always there, and 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 um, it just in 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 theater, including its now whatever uh, new forms of, of theatric performances yes. like music videos. Uh, they that was just an idea I developed in the conversation yes. with you right now. Um, could be understood as basically an art form which makes the genuine pretending visible and therefore is 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 somehow enjoyable but it right. uh, yeah just uh, about the genuine pretending uh, the way you're you've described it before Georg, and also in relation to the um, to the drangsa there seems to be an implicit lightness of attitude 
right? And that I think I like lightness in terms of like, you know, not this serious over commitment to an right. identity or to a cause, but to to for it to be like, I don't know, it just feels lighter. And right. I was wondering what is the how would you link that to the use of humor or or not taking oneself too seriously? And if that's also part of the therapeutic aspect of gender. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's very essential to it. So uh, humor is very essential to that, right? So that that also ties directly into the theater thing, right? It's um, mm -hmm. uh, the, the comedy performance, as we said earlier, that was an interesting example that you gave, right? I think that's a, the, the 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 YouTuber who uh, who pretends to be beautiful but actually isn't beautiful, and every everyone plays that kind of continuous joke, and and that that's a lot of fun. And 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 um, so that shows basically the same thing, right? That that um, once we sort of playfully approach identity and 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 very much act in an awareness of its ambiguity, uh, then this is um, then this is somehow prevents us with relief, with ease, with joy, uh, and that's a function of humor. And and so I think really like philosophy and and, and humor and. Um, um, uh, genuine pretending and, and that they are closely and connected and we need maybe much more like a, a philosophy of humor, right? I mean, that you see this, uh, now we see that again, like all kinds of uh, religious fundamentalism tend to uh, erase humor, right? There was the idea that in the Middle Ages that Jesus never laughed. Uh, mm -hmm. And of course, now we have whatever in Islam that you can't have a cartoon. Uh, and of course, now uh, we have these philosophers with all these woke philosophers writing articles, what we all cannot make jokes about. <laughs> and that's, a, that's a, uh, all the same thing, right? That, that, that we have this, this move uh, towards, towards fundamentalism and somehow expelling humor, limiting humor, uh, right? And, and, and uh, expelling, uh, you know, uh, uh, out, out of the, you know, give, giving like really very rigorously, you know, regulating and excluding it. That was uh, excluding it, giving it mm -hmm. only like a certain kind of a space at the side, right? Particularly in philosophy and religion. And, and that's, uh, that's very pathological, it's highly pathological. And again, Nietzsche tries to do the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, and that's really, I think it's a major, it's a major, major issue. And I think a major, major problem uh, that is inherent to, to philosophy and religion. And, and Nietzsche saw that, saw that very well. And we need a kind of a, a new Nietzscheanism to, to, to bring that back because it's very much threatened at this point in time. It's yes, a, and, a, it's and a crisis those... of humor, and there's there's persecu persecution of humor. It has gone that far. Well, yes, because it, you cannot laugh at somebody else's identity. That is the thing that you cannot. And what else are you going to laugh at? I mean, that's that's one of the things, the great things Bergson says. Bergson says in his essay on on laughter that he says. We are not only how, what Aristotle says, which is the animal that laughs, but we are, we also, we make laugh. It's just, we are risible. How do you say this in English? Mm. We are laughable. Yes. 
We are laughable. We, we not only do we laugh, <laughs> we are laughable. And excluding the ridiculousness of our profile or our authentic self yes. or our sincere self leads to, well, violence. Bad comedy. Yes. And bad comedy. Yes. Well, like I was going to say then, that, uh, that, like, I don't know if Andrea, if you would agree with me on this, but. Um, that's when you limit comedy so much uh, to certain topics or to what is appropriate or politically correct, you get pretty stiff comedy of the likes for in my in my view of like Stephen Colbert and Trevor Noah and like which I, I don't really find that funny because it's like it's very formulaic. Right. Whereas actually, there's a thing that I, there's this there's something with I really I do like Stephen Colbert I do I like find him both. funny I, I do find him funny yes uh, Trevor but first is there's there's a, a real uh, there's a, a relationship there that I can't believe the woke people haven't attacked which is his relationship with John Baptiste what's like his... well that there's a that the white man is in the center and the music man is a black man. And oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, yeah. I, I, I have mean, thought a, about it. I have thought about it. I thought it was, yeah. I don't I, know if it's just in my black head. No, no I, I thought about it before. I thought it was quite like, I, I, I had the same thought as you. I was like, I can't believe nobody has said anything about this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's but, interesting. Uh, it, it does, it, it does, it, it does limit, I mean, yeah, I would agree with you. It does make it stiff and, and It was whatnot. just like, I don't know, for the past four years, it was all about Donald Trump and how Donald Trump yeah, failed yeah, and yeah, how yeah. Donald Trump yeah. did and how Donald Trump, and yeah. I was like, really, is that all you've got for comedy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, sad. Yeah. Well, but that's, yeah, that it's part of it. Well, I'm sorry, but from, from the get-go, yeah, comedy has to do with laughing at, he who is in power. Sure, and that sure. no, I understand when, that. I understand that. But like, I but just that's what they bit... said, because when when Obama was president, that's also what they said, like com political comedy was terrible yeah. because he didn't slip as much. He was yes. actually kind, very solid in his in all of his ways of presenting himself. Yeah. Even yeah, but he, now I mean, like, Biden is also, like, basically a joke in many ways, right? But then you probably can't really make jokes about him because he's at the same time, uh, his profile is managed so well so that he uh, that he's, like, uh, on the kind of very much on the woke side, right? But, but, but even when he did something quite funny, uh, I think it was two weeks ago, he fell and then he fell again and then he fell again. Yes, and if yes, it has yes, been yes, Donald yes. Trump, oh my God, like all these comedy guys would have not like, it would have like a heyday with him. Of course, what of course. Cover to was like, oh, look at Fox making fun of Biden. But yes, really yes, the important yes. thing was that weekend. I was like, are you serious? Like, yeah. well, but that's because laughter, laughter is moralized. Yeah, that's the well, problem. That was my point. That's what yeah. that's what Bakhtin says. It says our problem is that we have moralized comedy laughter, yes, 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 and yes. now if we laugh at someone, we are destroying. Yes, we are. There is no point. There is no possibility of of building, and and that is sad because it, it's not it's not the or it's not even the spirit of comedy to do so. The spirit of comedy is to rejoice in the fact that we are all fools. Exactly. Just yes. Here. Yes. 
I think we should end on that note. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening. You and Your Profile, Identity After Authenticity by Hans-Gerg Moller and Paul D'Ambrosio is now available for purchase on Amazon. Hans-Gerg Moller also has two YouTube channels, Carefree Wandering and Philosophy in Motion, with its Spanish version, Filosofía en Movimiento. We are in Xochitlincuicatl, and you can find us on Instagram and on YouTube at Ixic Podcast. That is I-X-I-C Podcast. Or you can drop us an email at ixicpodcast at gmail.com.